Mai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. On today's programme, as we move ever closer to the great celebration of Christmas, I bring you a mixture of words and music. Bible readings and choir pieces from the Tinwald Carol Service held last Thursday in St George's Church here in Douglas, mixed with stories from author and broadcaster Richard Littledale. Jesus Christ was born over 2,000 years ago into poverty in a harsh and cruel world. But with his birth came the promise of something infinitely better, everlasting life for all who believe. And wherever the story of the birth of that baby is told, whether from the Bible or in stories shaped by local traditions in other countries and other ages, the true Christmas message of love, hope and joy always shines out and still speaks powerfully to us today. Tinwald Carol service last Thursday was very varied, and I'm only sorry that time doesn't permit me to broadcast everything. There were two choirs, the Tinwald Choir and the Isle of Man Government Choir. Congregational carol singing was accompanied by a large brass ensemble, again drawn from members of government, and the organist was MHK Andrew Smith. The service was led by the Venerable Irene Cowell, Archdeacon of Man and Chaplain to the House of Keys, who you'll hear giving a blessing at the end. The Honourable Claire Barber, MHK, will give a Bible reading a little later in the programme, but we join the service now as Carlos Phillips reads from St Luke's Gospel, and that'll be followed by the first story from Richard Littledale. St. Luke tells of the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and whom was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. 
Thanks be to God. This story was said to have originated in France, but it was Leo Tolstoy who made it famous when he set it in a little village in Russia, to which I shall take you now. In the village lived an old shoemaker, Mr Panov. Nobody knew his first name and everyone referred to him as Papa. The last of the light had faded and the streets were empty as Papa Panov closed the door of his shop on Christmas Eve. With that same sigh he always had on shutting the world out and embracing the empty space of his house, he made his way to the kitchen to fetch some supper. After that, he sat down by the fireside in one of the two tall chairs, blinking away a tear as he looked at the one no longer occupied. On his knee was a big leather Bible, and he ran his fingers over the tooled cover, enjoying the craftsmanship which had made it that way. Tonight he read again the Christmas story, and felt a surge of regret at what he read. Why would no one take that young couple in, he wondered. I would have taken them in, he thought. They could have eaten my food and enjoyed my shelter. Next he read of the shepherds and kings bringing their gifts and wondered wistfully what he might have given to the great king. His eyes were growing heavy now, and his last thought before he closed the Bible and shut them was, I wish I could have met him. In his dreams, Jesus came to him and told him, You will meet me tomorrow, but look for me carefully. On Christmas morning, Papa Panov was so excited about his visitor. He swept every corner, put on his best clothes, smoothed down his wispy beard and waited, and waited, and waited. Opening the door, just to check, he looked up and down the street this way and that, but saw no one except the old village road sweeper, ungloved hands already turning blue in the cold. He invited him in, poured him a cup of steaming hot coffee and told him all about the special guest for whom he was waiting. Hope he comes, said the sweeper, as he headed back 
out onto the street. It was getting towards lunchtime now, and Papa Panov put some soup on in case his visitor should come. Opening the door again, he saw no one, but a young woman hunched against the cold and carrying a little girl with bare feet. He brought them in, and they warmed themselves by the fire as he gave them soup and bread. Leaving them for a moment, he went into his workshop and fetched a pair of beautiful tiny leather shoes, the best he had ever made. Handing them to the young woman, he glowed with pride as she slipped them on her daughter's feet and they fitted perfectly. When they left, the young woman looked at him kindly at the door and said, I hope your visitor comes. As the afternoon wore on, there were people in the street, many of them hungry and cold. Papa Panov went out again and again to give them food, but always looking over his shoulder in case his visitor should come. When night fell, he ate a sad supper and fell asleep by the fire again, his heart heavy with disappointment. When Jesus appeared to him once again in his dreams, he asked him, Why didn't you come? Jesus smiled. I did, he said. I came as a sweeper, chilled from his work. I came as a mother, caring for her child. I came as every beggar to whom you gave food. Papa Panov, I came to you on Christmas Day. And Papa Panov knew that it was so. taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. The wise men are led by the star to Jesus. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me words that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, 
And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Thanks be to God. The Honourable Claire Barber, MHK, read the account of the coming of the wise men to Jesus, and the Tinwald Choir, directed and accompanied by Dr Jonathan King, sang Shine, Star Shine, a piece with very strong Manx connections, words by Brescia Madrill and music by Frank Woolley. Richard Littledale also has a story about a strange star in the sky and the coming of some exotic visitors to a small village. There are many countries which lay claim to this story although the word babushka is most commonly used in Russia to describe an old grandmother. So we shall set it there too. There was great excitement in the little village that night. Outside in the bitter cold, people gathered in the streets to point up at the night sky. There were gasps as each followed the pointed finger of their neighbour and saw the bright star moving closer and closer to the sky above the village. The excitement wasn't just in the skies, though. Rumours were rife that there were strange, exotic visitors on their way to their little village. Babushka shook her head at such nonsense and crunched through the snow to her little house. She occupied it alone now, but that was no excuse for it to be grubby. Everyone knew that Babushka's house shone like a new pin and that her hearty food was the best for miles around. She had just lifted a fresh loaf from the oven when 
there was a knock at the door. There stood a young page boy in beautifully embroidered clothes. He bowed low and explained that his masters were seeking shelter for the night and had been told hers was the best home in which to stay. She ushered the boy and his grandmasters in, flicking a speck of dust from the door handle as they passed. The conversation was rich and full of flavour, just like her food that night. The three grand gentlemen explained that they had travelled for hundreds of miles following the star she had seen above the village. When it moved on tomorrow, they would follow it again. It would bring them at last to the throne of a baby king, they said, and there they would present their grand gifts to him. Come with us, they said. You could bring some of your fine crusty bread as a gift. Babushka shook her head at such nonsense and thought about it more after the visitors had gone to bed. Later, she crept away to a cupboard rarely touched and opened its twin oak doors to look at shelves and shelves of toys bought for a little boy and never given. Perhaps, perhaps, she thought, in the end, she stayed up all night cleaning them until they shone, for no baby would want a grubby toy. By the time she went to bed, she slept so soundly that she didn't hear her visitors when they left. That night, she gathered up all the toys she could carry in the folds of her apron, buttoned up her thick woollen coat and rushed out into the street to see where the visitors had gone. She was too late. They were already in the next village at the head of the valley. She followed them there, but they had already left, and so she followed on, determined to give her toys to the baby king. Some say she is travelling still, on from town to town and village to village, forever following that star. Whenever she meets a boy or girl whose heart would be glad at a little wooden toy, she gives them one from the folds of her apron. And somehow, she never runs out. Oh, 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 oh,
Now may the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you as all whom you love and care about this day and forevermore. Amen. And on behalf of St George's, I wish you a very happy Christmas. Blessing from the Venerable Irene Cowell, Archdeacon of Man, and before that, the Government Choir, conducted by Dr Mandy Griffin and accompanied by David Holland, sang A Wild Midwinter Carol by Liz Dilnut Johnson. Thank you to all involved in the Tinwald Carol Service, recorded last Thursday in St George's Church, and to Richard Littledale for adding his stories. And just before we turn to our notice board, here's a bonus story that might interest you if you're thinking of buying a plant to brighten up the house at Christmas. This is the story of where poinsettia comes from. It's all about a little girl called Pepita, and it is set in Mexico. Come with me to the back streets on the outskirts of the big city and I'll tell you all about it. You'll have to pick your way carefully, mind, as the streets are narrow here and fuller than ever. Squeezed into these tiny houses where the poorer people live, there are cousins and aunties and uncles and other relations so distant that nobody can quite remember where they fit in. It seems like the houses are elastic today as more and more people squeeze in. Everywhere, it seems, there are children darting about, in and out of the kitchens, ducking between the legs of the old and jumping over the outstretched feet of the weary. Most are shrieking with glee and their excitement is mounting. Most, but not all. Pepita refuses to join in. She won't chase the little ones or swap stories with the older ones. She holds herself apart, as if dreading the celebrations, rather than looking forward to them. In the end, it is a favourite uncle who gets to the root of the problem. On Christmas night, all the families, even from these tiny houses, will make their way through the darkened streets to the great cathedral. As proud parents and relations look on, the children will file up to the front and place their gifts at the crib of the baby Jesus in the nave. Wiping away a tear, Pepita tells her uncle that she is ashamed to go because she has no gift to give. All the family's money has been spent, and she has nothing. Dear one, the uncle explained, the simplest gift, even a bunch of weeds from the side of the road, will please him if you give it with love in your heart. Pepita wasn't sure. All the same, when no one was looking, she stooped down on their way to the great cathedral and plucked a bunch of weeds in her hand. As the queue inched forward in the candlelight at the cathedral, her heart beat faster and faster. Would it really be so? Would it really be, as her uncle had said, that love would somehow transform her meagre gift? When her turn came, 
she knelt down and screwed her eyes tight shut as she handed over the weeds, wilting slightly from being held so tightly in her hand. As she did so, those weeds were transformed into the glorious crimson plant we have in our homes at Christmas. From that day to this, it has been known in Pepita's native Spanish as the Flores de Nochebuena, the flower of Christmas night, and showed its best colours after 12 hours in the dark. Thank you, Richard. I shall never look at a poinsettia plant in quite the same way again. And now it's time to take a look at yet another packed notice board. All the information I'm going to give you now is for today. And I've tried to group the services together according to their starting time wherever possible. So let's start at 2 o'clock this afternoon, which is when the Salvation Army have their carol service at the new citadel in Balacotia Crescent on the Isle of Man Business Park in Braddon. The carol service at Abbeylands is this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And in St Stephen's Church in Selby this afternoon, the choir from the Cathedral in Peel will lead a service of carols by candlelight, starting at half past three, followed by refreshments in the hall. Next, we have services today, all starting at four o'clock. Andreas Parish Church have carols by lamplight, followed by festive refreshments. And high up in the hills above Laxey, in Agnish Chapel, there's a candlelit carol service followed by tea and mince pies. There's a carol service in Broadway Baptist Church here in Douglas with Onken Silver Band. Carols by Candlelight in Trinity Methodist Church at Rosemount here in Douglas will include special music from the church choir. And heading north, there'll be a Eucharist service at St Olive's on Bowering Road in Ramsey, conducted by Reverend Joe Dudley. Those services all at four o'clock this afternoon. Going out to the west now, and there'll be community carols by candlelight by the fireside in Dolby schoolrooms tonight from half past five to half past six with hot punch and mince pies. Next, we have services tonight all starting at six o'clock. Lessons and carols in St George's Church on Upper Church Street here in Douglas. In the south, Port Erin Gospel Church, next to the Catholic Church in Port Erin, have a traditional Christmas carol service, followed by refreshments. The preacher will be Reverend Wesley McDowell. And in the north, Balaf Parish Church have carols by candlelight, followed by seasonal refreshments. And St Patrick's Church in Jerby also have carols by candlelight, followed by refreshments. And they are all services starting at 6 o'clock. And we finish with these services that are all tonight at half past six. Carols by Candlelight in St Thomas's Church on Finch Road here in Douglas. Carols by Candlelight in Union Mills Chapel with refreshments afterwards. Kirk Braddon Carols by Candlelight will include Balacotia School Choir and Manx Concert Brass. And in the south, all these services are also at half past six tonight. Carol service in Kirk Christ, Russian Parish Church, a nativity service in Balagheri Chapel in St Mark's and a nativity service led by Reverend Sean Turner in the Howe Chapel. And our final stop this morning is back north again and Bride Methodist Chapel have something a little different, a modern Christmas celebration led by Dillis Sowery and friends, tonight at half past six and this will be followed by supper. 
That's all that we've got time for now, but I've got lots more news of services and special events happening during the coming week and over the Christmas weekend itself. And I'll have that with me in our virtual lounge tonight from nine o'clock, as well as our usual mix of easy listening music, your requests and your dedications. Next Sunday, Christmas Eve, At Your Service will be starting earlier than usual at nine o'clock because we've an hour-long special programme when I'll be joined by country singer-songwriter Charlie Lansborough. He'll be talking about his life both on and off stage and his deeply held Christian faith. And he'll be singing some Christmas carols for us too. So that's nine o'clock start for At Your Service next Sunday and a nine o'clock start for sundown tonight. And until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and wishing you and those you love an Advent week filled with happiness and deep peace and a very good morning. Mm-hmm.